From Santa Barbara, California, the Timeless Voyager series, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. Interviews with leading-edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative health care, new technologies. Fasten your cosmic seatbelts and join me, your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes, the Timeless Voyager. Hello, everyone. Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager. Today's guest is Jesse Blinn. He's coming to us from Costa Rica. Now, I know Jesse as a person who uses a device called a pendulum. I know that this strange device, when in the hands of a gifted person, can do all sorts of different things, including, but not limited to, finding people and objects like lost airplanes. In fact, there's a very intriguing story that Jesse will, of course, tell us about. It's regarding the truth of missing Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. And so many, many stories and events that I believe those stories will keep you glued to this episode of Timeless Voyager. So, let me welcome today's guest, Jesse Blinn. Hello, everyone. I'm I'm Jesse. I'm originally from Kansas, but I, I bought a farm in Costa Rica 40 years ago, and I've been back here on my farm about 15 years now. Great. Well, um, perhaps you can start by just giving the viewers and listeners a good idea of who you are now. And let's talk about the pendulum and how you use it first, and then we'll, we'll continue as we go well, along. I thought I was an ordinary person. Um, we have a little fruit farm, which is hard to make money growing fruits. It takes many years. Uh, I have uh, about 230 species of exotic fruits on our little farm. What? That's not a little farm. Well, it's about six acres. Okay. So, and we, we have a nursery where we sell fruit trees. Um, I also have a history. I've always done mechanical things. I... I restored uh, old airplanes. I have a mechanics license. Uh, I'm kind of an inventor. Uh, well, I don't know if we'll get into that. In a past life, I was actually a very good friend of Leonardo da Vinci, and I have it recorded. <laughs> okay, um, that alone, that alone, that's in the right direction. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought I was a more or less ordinary person. I'm from rural Kansas. I was looking for a different world, so I ended up traveling after I got out of high school and went to Costa Rica, and I liked it. And somehow I felt, an, if you want to say, the need to, to be here. Uh, as it comes out, we have been told that me and my wife had an agreement before the beginnings of time on Earth to be together in this life. And, of course, she is Costa Rican, and I had to get here, so I'm here. Um, that's it. I am. Um, I don't know if there's anything more to say. I had had zero abnormal experiences. I'd never seen a ghost. I had one friend whose friend 
had an experience uh, with extraterrestrials stopping her car and the car went dead. You know, so I, I knew a little bit about, I didn't know if ghosts really existed. I thought, yeah, there, there, there are clearly is something extraterrestrial. Um, I'm a Christian. I've read the Bible. Uh, that was uh, if not a necessary part of my life, let's say. And um, I thought I just had an ordinary life until strange things started happening. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk a little bit about what I used in the beginning here was you have this one called The Truth of the Missing Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. So what is the truth? Okay. This happened... Uh, we will get into the story of how I, how I got started on this, but basically my, if you want to say abnormal experiences started in 2012, interestingly, uh, the Malaysia airline jet, by the end of 2013, I was using a pendulum. That's one of the things I started doing about 2012. I was do you using have a pendulum getting, what? Do you have a pendulum near yes. you so you could see yes. what, what this, you This is a pen. This is a pendulum. This is on a chain. Uh, it, it answers yes. When it goes like this is yes. When it turns backwards against the movement of the clock hands is a no. When it's waiting for me to think of an answer that it can answer to, like multiple choice, it goes side to side. And it also sends and removes energy, which I'll be talking about. <laughs> But anyway, I was getting answer, lots of answers from the pendulum, you know, finding lost things, uh, getting information. Uh, I can tell some interesting stories, communicating with angels. And uh, but uh, but I was still in the learning process. I was trying to just see what I can do with the pendulum. I was getting lots of information. And uh, my worker at my farm, I saw him on the street, actually. And he said, did you hear an airplane disappeared? And I said, no, what happened? And he said, well, an airplane from Malaysia disappeared. And I don't know what, what happened to it or something. And I thought, well, I'm going to see if the pendulum will give me information about this before I see the news. And I was just starting to get numbers out. And so I, I first I asked, the thing I asked was, how many passengers are or were on the plane? And I figured it was a commercial airplane with maybe a few hundred passengers. I don't you know. And I thought, well, I'll count by tens. And when the, when the pendulum answers true, it just spins in a circle, a round circle, if you want to say to the right. And if I go past, it stops. And if I think the number again, it starts spinning again. That's how it answers questions, whether it be to spell out people's names or give me numbers or if this is true or false. And it indicated that there were 230, the closest to 230 people on the plane, not 220, not 240. So I opened the Internet and, and the Internet said 239. So I asked the pen. So it said, obviously the pendulum was wrong, right? It should have indicated 240. So I asked the pendulum exactly how many people are on the plane. And the answer was 231. So I had to ask the pendulum, I learned to do this, how many non-people were on the plane? And the answer was eight. 
Now, I made sure the pendulum could not see the computer screen in case it has eyes. So it wasn't getting the information from the computer. And I had to. So I start asking. um, I asked where I asked it what altitude it was. I I can ask, you know, where things are. I asked it what altitude it was. And it was at and I'm I think in Spanish most of the time in Costa Rica. And it was it was at thirty thousand meters. Well, that's roughly a hundred thousand feet. Right. Okay. I was just and about I, to say, are you sure that was <laughs> yes. And I asked it what speed it was traveling, and it was traveling at zero. Okay. Now I had learned, and I, I, I will have to introduce this in, in a moment, how I can tell if people are alive or dead. Okay. Uh, I use a term I call the energy age, which is an indicator of health. And I can communicate with anybody almost instantly, anybody anywhere, even on, even on Callisto, the moon of Jupiter, where I, we have some friends. Uh, with the pendulum, I communicate, and I get a number that indicates their health. And if it's over 100, they're dead. Ghosts are stuck at 103.0. And I've communicated with several ghosts. I have talked to ghosts. I've, I have recordings talking to ghosts. Uh, are you saying that a ghost is never older than 100? Is that what you're saying? No, no they, they are stuck <clears throat> at 103. We stuck. die at 100. We die at 100. I have had two patients who actually died and came back and they went to 100.1, you know, for a, a, a few minutes, a few hours and, and came back. Hmm. Okay. At least so two people. Saying, are you saying that? Well, I guess my question is, I, I mean, I even have a friend around the corner from me who's 104 and he's still alive. Right. But that's in, he, his energy age. Is he still alive right now? Yeah. Okay, I'll show you his energy age. I'll show you his energy age. It's going to be under 100. I see. I connect with your friend because you're thinking of him. When the pendulum stops and turns backwards, which is doing now, I have the connection with your friend. Okay, let's see his energy age. Okay, and I, this is how I do the pendulum. I count the numbers, which I can do mentally. I don't have to do it out loud. And I watch the response of the pendulum. 10, the pendulum is swinging side to side, but it's not going in a circle. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. See, it's a little bit of circular. 60, 70, 80, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. It's very close. It's almost circular. 94.1.2. And it stops. 94.2 is nothing. 94.1. And it starts spinning again. So his energy age is 94.1. Hmm. which is very good for someone who's 104. But I've had, for example, a four-month-old baby girl who was 97. She was in intensive care. Hmm. And I did a healing for her, and she's alive now. I did a healing for her. She was very near death. And and I asked a friend. A friend just told me about her. And I asked, asked this friend about her, you know, a couple days after I did the healing. And I said, how's the little girl doing? And he said, well, the doctors can't explain it, but that same day, the problem in her head disappeared and she's okay. So, so I can tell people's health. Yeah. So the thing is, this is an energy age, not Correct. a biological age. Correct. And, okay. And, and, so, 
And so very quickly, I'll tell you how I found this. I just uh, and I get these answers. You could say I had to know this. Okay, I just I was just started asking innocently asking people's age. I was getting numbers. I could tell, for example, the pendulum told me how much money my mom had in her bank account. (laughs) That's a good one. Because my mother was dying and my brothers and sisters said, you know, we've got lots of things to pay. Mom gave us authority over her accounts. But and she's got some CDs in a in a safe deposit box. And we, we you know, we got to pay safe. So, Mike, my brother, bring the safe deposit box. Let's get the CDs, see how much money we have and how we can pay stuff. And that, they were going to bring them the next day. And I said, I just asked the pendulum, how much money does mom have in the bank? And the answer was seventy four thousand dollars. The next day, they brought out the, the CDs, which we had never seen. We knew she had them and added it all up together with the checking account. And it was $74,000. That stuff happens all the time. Okay. Finding electrical shorts at a distance. It'll tell me on which electrical pole the problem is. And it's correct. So, wow. but I was getting these numbers um, for people's age and they weren't right. And I went to visit a friend, Alex, and I said, Alex, I'm testing people's age with a pendulum. Can, can I test yours? And he said, sure. So I tested his, and he was 56. And he says, I'm not 56. Try it again. And I did it again, and it said 56 again. It indicated, right? And he said, that thing don't work. I'm 48. So I'm thinking, well, it don't work. So a few days later, I, I was just thinking, well, it's indicating something or it would have changed. It would have guessed his age a little bit. So I asked, the, if you want to say the magic question, I said, on that scale, with how many years do we die? And the answer was 100.0. So I have an indicator. Now, this is super important, super, super important. I have an indicator of people's health. But I also have an indicator of, of beings categories the reptilians the angels satan uh in this case i was in this case i okay so i can tell people's health in this case i connect with the people to see if they're alive the people on their malaysia airline flight right so here's the picture of the pilot and i could do it again but it takes time I, i could show you the pilot's age energy age at that time and let's say it was 45 Okay, the next is the co-pilot. His energy age was 135. And I thought, okay, <laughs> if he were dead, it should be 100.1, right? 135, and I had to ask the question, wherever he comes from, with how many years do they die? And I can show you this, and the answer is 500. That is fifth dimensional. In the fifth dimension, we die at 500. I could tell in another experience with that, but it's too many stories. I could I could oh, talk for for two weeks. Stories. Stories. Yeah, the, I'm I'm getting a little confused, so I need to follow the uh, the the, right. the the continuity here for a second. Okay. So, so there's a there's a in the fifth dimension. You're saying uh, people should I use the word people? Yes, you can. All right, so people have five hundred as their energy uh, age. Their as maximum a, energy age. As opposed to 100, which is the maximum right. energy age here. Now, to and make, for dogs, it is 25. I can tell you the energy age of your dog 
and, and you, you can tell the health of your dog. So let's see if I can understand then. The energy age, what is the relationship between the energy age and the biological age when it comes to being alive or dead in this plane of reality? Okay, we, we die at 100. We are born at more or less one year. Okay. Interestingly, before the soul comes into the body, when the soul is prepared, and I don't know why, when the soul is prepared to come into the body, the energy age that I get is 1.9 years. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Well, okay. so just to finish this continuity, if a person biologically is 35, mm-hmm. but the energy age is 100, you know that they will be dead very soon or they are go- they are dead soon, really fast. They're not going to go. Yes, yes. So that's what yeah. the in general, a person, a person who is 90 in years with an energy age of 90 is more or less OK. You know, I mean, he, you say theoretically, he would live to be 100 theoretically, but that's okay. not true. Now it's his health at this moment. Right. Now I understand the relationship. Yeah. Okay. So I have so, a, I have a friend who. So wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. It's my fault for getting this. Can, let's come back to the jet and where we left this situation was there were eight tell me what they are non-humans non-humans were on this plane right now what i want to know now is how why how did the the media account for eight people that we wouldn't even know I don't get it. I'm, I'm lost. Okay. What what do the media say? What do the media say the number of people were on the plane? Well, there were 239 what looked like people on the plane. Okay. Only that eight of those people were not from the earth. Okay. So what you're saying is that we mistook those people for being humans. Yes, I mean they they acted as humans. They looked like humans. They were the co-pilot. I I didn't go down to all of them, but I found the co-pilot and the chief stewardess. It's interesting; these were in positions of you know of, of being in charge. The co-pilot and the chief stewardess were both well over one hundred years old, but mm-hmm. for them who die at five hundred, they're in good shape. Okay, so the bottom line is. While we looked at these people as being a certain number of humans on the plane, you found out that there was only this particular number, which I think you said was 239? 231. 231, One. I apologize. I mean, <laughs> yeah. anyway, so 231. And then there were eight more that were not humans. And right. you discovered this. You found this out by using the pendulum and understanding how this works. Right. And I have, I have what's the word, corroboration of that. Okay. So okay. let me let me follow this up now with, with this uh, question. Mm-hmm. If okay, so with this information that you have, how did how did that uh, how is that part of the story of the plane? Is there okay. anything else beyond that? Yes, a lot, Perfect. a lot. Let's go. With okay. That. So I started looking on the internet for any, if you want to say, uh, clues. Okay. 
Now, I would, uh, okay, I started looking on the internet for any clues. And there was a thing on the internet. I can't remember for sure where it was, but I think it's somebody I had a subscription to. I get, you know, their blog or whatever. And and this person published online a supposed message from one, a commander of one of the motherships saying that the extraterrestrials have were rescued rescued the airplane and have it on their mothership and they're taking them to Venus for healing. Okay. So I I ask if that was true. The pendulum will tell me the percent truth in a, in something I'm reading, or I can ask, is this paragraph, is this sentence true? And I get a yes or a no. And and that was like 50% true. And and, uh, and according to the pendulum, they weren't going to Venus. So I wasn't sure what to what to believe. And then I found something else. And I, I've looked for it not you know recently, within the last year or so, and I can't find it. And I'm almost positive it was published on what on something called Veterans Today, which you may have heard of. And it was it, it started out basically like this. It says this is a fix. Uh, what really happened to the Malaysia airline jet? And it said this is a fictitious story that even if it were true, nobody would publish it or nobody would believe it. Something like that. And then it said when the airplane was built, they built a twin. And the twin was put in storage. Now, this is four years. This airplane operated for four years with Malaysia Airlines. They put this in storage. And when the and that the airplane was made to disappear using ET technology, but it was the humans who did it to di- to make it disappear to another dimension without a trace. And then the second airplane took off from Miami, loaded with explosives to fall on a nuclear arms limitations talks in The Hague, to which, incidentally, the U.S. and Israeli delegations weren't going to be there that day. And they were going to blame it. Obviously, they're going to say it is the Malaysia airplane. And they were going to blame it on the Iranians on the flight who had falsified passports because they're trying to get out of Iran and go to war with Iran just like they did with the Twin Towers to go to war with Iraq, okay? But it said in this article, their their, uh, radar camouflage system for the airplane malfunctioned. And in that case, I imagine the good guys had a part in the malfunctioning. And it was intercepted by by the Dutch Air Force, and they had to land and abort the mission, okay? So I asked if that was, I asked, you know, I asked the pendulum, is that true? And the answer was no. <laughs> and I asked the pendulum, well, I'm thinking, well, maybe part of it's true. I asked the pendulum, well, what percent of it is true? And it said 97% of that is true. So I go down paragraph by paragraph and, and guess what was not true? It was the introduction where it says, this is a, what did we say? This is a, this is a, I can't remember. This is a, this is an untrue story of what, what what could have happened or something like that. This is a story that uh, whatever words I use, those are what it said. Okay, so I expected. Okay, well that's what really happened. Okay, in those same days, I have a friend who's a hypnotist, and she he hypnotized another friend acquaintance, a woman, 
And I heard that this woman in the hypnosis saw the Malaysia airline jet parked in a great big room. And, and she said she saw a whole bunch of really Chinese looking people around the jet with a bunch of extraterrestrials with them. And since I had lived in Malaysia, I lived in Malaysia a year on Borneo. And she had to ask me, but I, I didn't know the Malaysians looked so Chinese. I mean, they look, you know, I thought they looked a little more less Chinese, but they were really, really Chinese. And I had to tell her, well, she didn't know. I had to tell her that was the plane going to Beijing. And most of the passengers were and are Chinese. And they told her not to not to talk about this because nobody would believe it anyway. Hmm. Okay. Now, <laughs> years later, I have, I have there's more to this story. So I communicate with them. Everyone is okay. Exactly okay. A woman from India who her husband publishes stuff on, on Facebook and stuff, but his wife was on this plane. She was actually very sick and she is healed. Now I haven't contacted her for a couple of years. I don't know her, but, but she was actually very sick and she was healed. And what I contacted her, what? what does her husband think of this story that you're telling? What I'm does just, the, the husband has oh, not, they won't answer me. Right, so they won't be in contact with you. No, only one person out of all of them, one of the mothers of one of the men on the plane, believes me. And I, I have occasional contact with her. Hmm. And she asked me, how is my son doing? And I can tell her how my son is doing. Now, a- another thing I get out, which I found to do later, is what is emotional frequency. On a scale of 1,000, where 1,000 is pure love, well, people who feel good... Uh, Normally, their emotional frequency is 800 or above. People with some problems, you know, kind of lots of pressures in life, but okay, around 700. Uh, People who are really sick or really controlled by negative emotions can have an emotional frequency very low. Okay. So I can not only tell her, for example, the age of her son, but I can tell her how he's feeling today. Now, what are these people doing? Okay, but maybe this this is too... Oh, but I'll ask the question anyway. So, yeah. what do these? What are these people doing? Are they living in another plane? Uh, not okay. They're living in a different plane of reality. That I get. Yes, they, they but, were going to return. For, at first, they were going to return. Hmm. Okay, they were going to return and it was going to change the world because it was going to. Uh, I started communicating when I found out. Uh, I, I do need. I'm not going to do it now, but when uh, I'll tell how I got into the pendulum. Okay. I can what, very quickly with, with the MH370. Okay. The main, the main thing I'm saying all this, you know, absurd ideas. Okay. There were the ETs rescued them and all this stuff. Okay. And uh, about three years or so, maybe four after that, I, you know, I thought, well, I know this stuff. I totally believe it. And I, I, had a meeting in, in San Jose. I invited what I could, you know, I don't have a huge number of contacts, but I invited everybody, you know, on Facebook, all my friends on Facebook. And I invited at least half a dozen reporters, not a single one even answered, much less show up. And I said, I'm going to tell where, what really happened with the Malaysia on jet and where it is. Okay. And I did this meeting telling basically what I've told you. Uh, have you heard of Cryon? 
who is a, a channel by Lee Carroll. Oh, no, I don't know that. I thought you were... Okay. okay. Crying no, is... He, he calls himself... He's one of the angels who set up... Who helped in the creation of the earth. And he calls himself Cryon of Magnetic Service. And there's a man who travels all around the world. His name is Lee Carroll. Channeling. And I know a lot about channeling because my wife channels. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, get all, I tell you lots of stories about that. But anyway, this man who travels around the world, Lee Carroll, and he channels Cryon. And it's always like really positive messages, you know, spiritual and everything. Really cool. But I had this meeting, and at the end of the meeting, this girl came up to me who I didn't know. She's actually the daughter of one of my wife's uh, friends, but I'd never met her. And she said, I channel Cryon, and Cryon has a message for you. And I have it recorded, and I can share the recording. It's in Spanish, but I do have it recorded. And it basically said, you are correct in perceiving that there were, and her words were, there were luminous beings on the airplane with them. Hmm. And, and they are not bad. And I never insinuated they were bad. They are not bad. They were there to help them, uh, like whatever the word, transfer to the next dimension. Yeah. And at that time, at that time, you know, I had said they were going to come back. And, and uh, you know, but that was, that was like a month after it disappeared, they were going to come back. Yeah, I think this happened in 2014, if I'm correct, in yes, March. Uh, March of 2014. Right. And they were going to land. And I asked a few days later, I asked, are they going to come back? You know, they're all alive and well. I knew that. So I asked, are they going to come back? And the answer was yes. So and I asked in how many days? And the first time I asked was maybe a week, maybe a week after or so. And, and they were going to come back in 23 days. And I start every day. I asked how many days till they come back, and it was doing the countdown: twenty, two, twenty-one. I was all excited. I started telling all kinds of people, you know, that they're going to come back. They're, you know, they're alive and well. I know that, especially the people who'd seen me, you know, testing their health and stuff. They're alive and well. They're going to come back. Nine days before it was supposed to happen, they weren't going to make it anymore. And I thought maybe it's because I have been telling people, and it made it too dangerous. And I, I felt terrible for an instant. And I asked the pendulum, was it because of me telling the story? And the answer was no. It was somebody in France telling telling about them. And, and the, the bad guys found out and they would have blown them out of the air long before. They, they were going to land in Singapore. This is going to lead to the revelation of our brothers from the stars. Hmm. And that was a state a true statement that I could say. Okay, because I, I can communicate with people's subconscious and that, I, that they had been rescued by the ETs, by the benevolent ETs. And that was going to change the world. That, have, you, have you heard of Nisara? Yes. And Nisara, okay. I had barely heard about that. I didn't know what it was. Nisara was going to happen. And I started getting this information out with the pendulum. This was going to lead to Nisara. And I didn't even know what Nisara was. The banks were going to close for like three weeks. Because I had friends who, you know, interested in the economic aspects of this. How would it affect their savings and stuff like this? And the banks were going to close. There was going to be a redistribution of wealth during the rest of 2014 of $17 trillion. And there were going to be $54 trillion redistributed each year for five years. 
those are the actual numbers that go with Nassar, and I have no reason to doubt it because I've got too much other information, correct information. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. Now, I did get off track, So, and I have that recording. I can share it, you know, however you do to share oh, it. I can share it. It's in Spanish. Yeah, I think the... Um... The the uh, the way that, that these things may work is that there are many different timelines. Um, yeah, or possibilities in this timeline because right. in this case, some it was going well, to happen in this timeline, okay. but it didn't. Well, let me just say that I'll use the word possibilities. Okay. So if we yeah, talk, if we say a general timeline, and let's say there are possibilities, kind of like a tree. I mean, a tree has many branches and main branches, and and you know, not you know, well, you would know even the right words, tertiary branches, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, so, so I felt that. bad because I'd I'd had a meeting or two about telling people, and the pendulum indicated to me who not to invite to the meeting. Hmm. Because there are people who had very negative connections that I was not. I I, I asked the pendulum uh, initially when after this started happening. I, there's lots of things I could not do. I'd ask the pendulum, and I'd even get messages that something was dangerous. My pendulum would stop working, and I asked, "Well, what's the problem?" You know, and, and then the pendulum would answer, "Is it something I was going to do?" Yes. Okay. Was uh, and this was with An- Andrew Basiago, who you know, right, Andy? Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yes. When when I when I first my first dealings with Andrew Bashago, I had barely heard of him, and I did an analysis of the 2016 presidential candidates. I tested their net worth, their IQ, their percent sincerity, and and oh, and their level of conscience. Hmm. And Andrew Bashago, who I'd barely heard of, came out by far with the highest level of conscience of any of them. So I thought I, like I need him. to find out who Andy Bashiago is. And now, just, just for a moment, for those of you who do watch Timeless Voyager on a regular basis, uh, among other things, Andrew talks a lot about time travel, which he claims he has done. And our last show, which was about a, two, about a week and a half ago, was strictly about his um, appearances on Mars, the planet Mars. And uh, when he did that, and, and what, what the uh, uh, what the environment was like, and 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 just things like that. So I just wanted to kind of clear the air on that for people that may, may be new to the show. So I just, so I had to I had to contact Andy, and and I asked if I could do it, and and right. Andy of course uh, Andy of course was being really if you want to say spied on and everything, really controlled. You know, they tried to control everything. Uh, right. And I was allowed to contact him one time, but and he answered me, but I was not allowed to answer him, according mm-hmm. to the pendulum. And my the, the message I wrote to him was, my information, I didn't say my pendulum, my information indicates that you that you are that you are most likely to be president of the United States in 2020. Okay? And that was true. As far as I know, and his answer was, you are the fourth psychic who has told me that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, why wasn't he in 2020? Because the bad guys have the chronovisor and can see the future. And if they see something they don't like, they do everything they can to change it. Interesting. And of course, they did things to, against Andy to, to make sure at least then that he didn't make it into the presidency. 
So it's it's not that it's not that my pendulum my pendulum was lying. No, that mm-hmm. was the probable future at that time, but it changed. So after, when the Malaysia Airlines jet did not come back, and you know nothing happened, I asked the pendulum. Well, and I felt like I, like the pendulum had had uh, misguided me, right? It had fooled me, and I asked. Well, I, I I hadn't yet learned to ask the probability of things happening, so I asked. Well, what was the probability in percent of the airplane landing in Singapore? And this was going to be on Passover Day, interestingly, on Passover Day, two thousand fourteen, in Singapore, which I think was April fourteenth. And the probability had been seventy percent, but it didn't happen. Okay. So, uh, and of course, I could communicate with each of these. I could tell you how they're doing right now. I'm sure the vast majority of them are alive and well, but they're not coming back. In the, the message from Cryon was they have been taken to the fifth dimension. No, they're in the fourth dimension on the way to the fifth, and they're not coming back, and they are opening the way for us to follow them. Huh. Let's, um, let's move on to uh, another thing that you kind of alluded to so let's do let you have it's it's interesting you wrote it right down politicians and clones tell us a little bit about that okay i think i should get into not just politicians and clones but but the whole control system on the earth sure and, and how i found reptilians okay and and if you want to call them demons, fallen angels. Okay. Um, so here I am, and this was this would have been in probably 2013. Okay. But I think can I give the introduction of how all this really started? It's not too long. No, please. We remember okay. it's timeless. How, how did he a you know a typical guy with zero paranormal experiences don't know anybody who's seen a ghost Uh, only one friend had a friend who had an et experience you know nothing i mean i didn't say i didn't believe that i just had zero of all this okay so here i am and i i met i met my wife uh 2008 and we were married in 2009 okay and getting to know her, she told me some of her experiences. And she'd had some, if you want to say, paranormal experiences. She could read the thoughts. She, she actually got visual images from their dog. I won't tell the whole story, but the dog was, was in the backyard and saw a snake climbing up the wall and started barking. And it was at night. And, and they didn't know what it was, but the dog was barking. They think maybe somebody's trying to get into the backyard. And my wife instantly had a vision. She was looking out of the doghouse. Here's the, here's the door of the doghouse. And she sees a snake going up the wall. It was the dog transmitting what she was seeing to my wife. My wife has that ability. She can communicate with plants. She can see the spark of life in seeds thousands of miles away. If I put it in my hand, ask, is this seed alive or dead? She can tell me. She sees the spark of life. But anyway, so she had, she had, and of course she was a little leery of telling me because she's looking for a husband. Um, So she didn't tell me all of her experiences except just gradually, but she has huge psychic abilities, much more than I do. And so, but anyway, let's see. So I met my wife and she, she's a, she does flower therapies. You heard of Bach 
floral therapies? Absolutely, yes. Okay. She was doing, she learned from this uh, Argentinian named Jose, Jorge Luis Raff, who's a real cool guy, looks like Santa Claus, and he has great psychic abilities. He communicates with plants, and he taught them to use a pendulum to select the plant, hmm. the flower therapy, and instead of having to study, you know, like a doctor, <laughs> all the symptoms and all the different treatments and all You just use the pendulum, and the pendulum tells you what the patient needs. And I thought that was cool. And, and she said, after the patient comes, the patient doesn't have to come back. She can just think of the patient and the pendulum indicates what the, if the patient needs the same thing and she sends it to him. You know, and I thought, wow, she's communicating with people at a distance. Can I do that? So I started when trying. I contacted I contacted uh, Vladimir Putin. And let's contact him now because you can go back in time. No problem. Contact him contact who was at least claiming to be Vladimir Putin at that time. Okay. I have his contact. Here's his first chakra at that time, this, which was uh, 2013. His first time, his second chakra. Now look at this. This is his third chakra. And his fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, nothing. They only have two chakras. Clones only have two chakras. Later, when my guardian angel sent me a video, <laughs> he sent me a link to a video to test people's level of conscience. Uh, and, and I would have tested Putin's level of conscience, but of his clone, and it's zero. They have no conscience. They have no sincerity. They have an energy age, depending on the health of their body. And they only have two, the first two chakras functioning. Those are the clones. Really easy to tell. They make them in groups of six, usually. So you're saying, as far as energy is concerned, the energy, the energies that create the chakras, they only have two of those energy centers. The rest of them, Correct. they have. Yeah, that's what the pendulum indicates. Now, if they have a soul, your soul is at your third chakra. Hmm. So okay. really, okay. Now, I have been told in hypnosis. And I've, I've been told a lot, you know, I hypnotize mostly my wife, but I also do patients. And we talk with angels. They call themselves guides. Right. We talk with our guides. Okay. And one time one of the guides said, and this, I just remember it specifically. He says, uh, I'll say it in Spanish, then translate it. Ustedes son pequeños dioses, nada más que no lo saben. You are little gods. You just don't know it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have, uh, according to the pendulum, there are, a good billion people who could do what I'm doing. Not everyone, but there's roughly a billion people who could be doing what I'm doing with the pendulum. I, since I was using the pendulum, I asked that. Okay. So we're little gods. So we have the ability to do these things and believe it or not, I'm thinking, okay, Vladimir Putin, his clone, I, I asked, what is this? Right. And I have to ask, and I finally got the answer, you know, and the pendulum doesn't talk to me, obviously. But I kept asking, well, is, is this the real Vladimir Putin? No. Okay. Let me contact the real Vladimir Putin then. <laughs> and I get an energy age of whatever, 105 or something. Okay. The real Vladimir Putin is dead, and I'm communicating with his clone. Okay. Uh you probably don't remember, I think it was in 2014 or 2015, Vladimir Putin actually disappeared for two or three weeks. And they were wondering what happened to him. And then he came back 
And I checked the one who came back, and it was another clone. It wasn't the same clone. Hmm. So that clone, the original clone of Vladimir Putin, either died or was killed, and another one came in. Now, how do I know this different? Because that first one, I thought, well, if if they're sick, if, they're, if their chakras are bad, what I do, I do a healing of the chakras. I send energy to heal their chakras. And when I do that, their energy age comes down, you know, if they're sick. If, 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 you're, if you're sick and your energy age is 95 and you're basically almost on your deathbed and I do a complete healing for you, I can get your energy age down to 40 or 30 or whatever and you'll feel better. And I've done it for many people. Now, if I found the real cause of the problem, it's a permanent cure. If I didn't, you will get sick again gradually. In a few days, you'll be feeling bad again and Okay, I didn't find the real cause of the problem. Okay, so so I, I thought, well, if, if, if Vladimir Putin was sick, I would fix his chakras. So I fixed his chakras. I send energy to fix his third chakra and then his fourth and his fifth and his sixth and his seventh and all the other ones, whatever. And it spun like at least twice as long activating his third chakra. And after I had done that, he now has a soul. He has conscience and he has sincerity. And I did that for the original Vladimir Putin. And several months later, and I've checked him occasionally and he's still okay. He's still got a soul. I checked him. And, but so we do this. And so Vladimir Putin now has a conscience, uh, which is interesting. So you ask, why do they do this? Now, some of these are, are if you want to say bad guys, <laughs> When I saw that this is a different Putin, I started looking up, you know, people's experiences with Putin. And then and they and I saw on the Internet that one of the one of the jokes in Russia was nobody's new in Russian politics except Vladimir Putin. Because people had noticed that he had changed. That he looked different. So they're they're like identical twins and they will they have your same genetic makeup. They're going to die at roughly the same time. All right, so you um, will have enough time to talk a little bit about the Anunnaki. Okay, this this is very important. Okay, now, um, how much time do we have? Oh, Not much. Fifteen minutes, maybe. Oh, okay. I need. I think before the Anunnaki, uh, in simple terms, I found the Anunnaki by this energy age. And I think I think I should, but I want to get the introduction of what I really am, okay? Because okay, this leads into it. this. This leads right. into this. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, Don't make it in, quick. You can do what you want. If you'd like to do that one, let's do well, that. Right, but but in in two thousand two in the middle of two thousand twelve, I hurt my back carrying buckets of fish on the farm. Okay, I hurt my back. My wife sent me to a friend of hers who does massage. And she uses a pendulum for the analysis of her patients. I had started using the pendulum about that. Actually, I, I, I did. I saw my wife using it, but I hadn't yet started using a pendulum. I knew what it was. So this friend of hers used a pendulum. And she said, when we're done, I need to tell you something. So she did, you know, the treatment on my back. It helped me some. And, and we sat there and drank a cup of coffee, talking a little bit about how she knew my wife and stuff. And, and her message for me was, she says, 
you are a light being and it's time to start your mission. And I, you know, that kind of sounded weird to me. And I said, okay, why do you say that? And she said, the pendulum indicates it. And I said, uh, well, okay, what's my mission? And she said, oh, I don't know. You'll have to find out. So my wife also gets messages that she needs to deliver to people. That has happened a few times. So this woman had to deliver that message to me. Okay. That was to middle of 2012, December, 2012, the end of the end of the Maya calendar. Remember? I December, do. December 21st, 2012. I went to Sweden and I'm kind of tiring trip from the 18th to the 20th of December, 2012. And I got back and we, we went to an all night vigil on the 21st to see if it was the end of the world. Nothing happened. Right. So I had this huge, I had this huge sleep deficit and I went to see my farm and pay my worker December 23rd, 2012. Okay. Notice the date, December 23rd, 2012. And I was, I had this huge sleep deficit and the bus got to my farm at four in the afternoon. And I said, no, I need to sleep. I'll just sleep whatever it takes. I fell on the bed and slept. I was super asleep. Really rare sleep. I wasn't dreaming. And I heard this giant voice in Spanish in the room with me, not in my head. It was from my feet to the left, maybe eight or ten, six, eight, ten feet from my feet to the left. And the voice said, la limpieza comienza con el aura. The cleansing begins with the aura. And this okay. woke me up. Now, it didn't use the word aura. It used some word in some language that is not English, Spanish, or the little French that I know. But I had to stop and think. That word means aura. How I knew, I have no idea. That was the beginning of stuff. Then I started having visions, which I'd never had before. Interesting visions. Not a lot. Every, every few months, something weird happens that is unexplainable, you know. I see a UFO, uh, the pants fall off the hanger, but but nobody moved the hanger. And, you know, somebody said, well, it had to be a ghost. Well, it was something. It was not natural, but it happened just to remind me that there's something there. But anyway, so then in 2014, I started I started with this group of, of this man who does hypnosis and has a lot of experience with connection with the guides and stuff. And, and, and we, we formed a group. We start, we were having monthly meetings and stuff. And at one of these meetings, this woman came up to me who was, she's from Venezuela and her name is Solemnia Estrella. And she's a healer. She goes around the world teaching healing, including pendulum healing. And I could tell her story, but there's no time here. And she said, I need to talk to you. But she didn't tell me anything. So a couple of weeks later, we went to her house since she was a friend of a friend. It was the first time we'd really talked to her. And I asked her, what did you want to tell me? And she had my wife leave the room. She said, can you step outside for a minute? And she told me, and these are her exact words in Spanish, but I'm translating. And her words were, you are a warrior angel of the host of Sofiel. And your mission is to transform darkness to light. But that mission is going to be ending, and your new mission will be to develop new technologies for the new earth. And then she let my wife back in and told her her mission, which is to balance the divine masculine and feminine energies on the earth. 
And then she told us about some of our past life experiences and stuff, which are really interesting, but too long to get into. Okay. So later, um, let's say you wanted to know about the Anunnaki, but it's because I had asked the person who's person. I asked this other woman, what's my mission? She says, I don't know. You'll have to find out. But because I asked, I got the answer. So it's like the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Right. If you don't ask, well, in this case, I didn't ask December 23rd, 2012, but something happened. It was that they they removed 11 implants to cleanse my chakras. I later, about three years later, I found that out. 11 implants were removed energetically, I suppose. And and that got me on the path. And then I started having visions and, and odd stuff like that that had never, ever, ever happened to me, right? <laughs> but it's really interesting. It makes life interesting. I have a very interesting life. Uh, one of the guides says, the happiness is knowing that you're on the right path. That That is very comforting because I know I'm on the right path. Um, in, a, in another hypnosis, I ask about my mission, and the answer was this. I asked, I was talking to a, a patient's uh, guardian angel, and I said, we have guardian angels to help us with our mission, Right. And the angel said very seriously, he says in Spanish, of course, he says, you were awarded a mission. You have to carry it out like really, really serious. And I said, well, what's my mission? I didn't know if this angel would know my mission. You know, the person, this woman had told me my mission was to transform darkness to light. And the answer was to save the universe from evil. Okay. So after I woke the patient up, I'm thinking, wow, that's like a hard assignment how many of us have this exact mission i asked how many other people have this submission and the answer was 299 there were 300 of us with that mission now the last i checked which been a year or two ago we were down to 180 some 180 yeah i think a lot of us are gone with this exact mission to save the universe from evil so how do i do how the hell do i save the universe from evil here in costa rica on a fruit farm well, I do it by the pendulum. That is how I do it. Okay. So um, so I started testing. I could test people's health. So in this same group that we have these meetings, I just went down the list and checking, checking everybody's health to see how they're doing. And there were two that, that at our meeting were, you know, like had a cold and, I, and their energy age was high, you know, like 10 or 15 years higher than their natural age. And I thought, well, that's because they're sick. They'll probably get over it, which they did. And, and they put this new guy in the group, which I'd never met. His name was Giovanni. And his energy was 186. And I thought, well, well, if he just died, it'd be 100. And they haven't said that he died. What's wrong with the guy? So I checked his chakras. And he only indicated the first three chakras. And they are spinning strongly backwards. Those are the people who are possessed. Controlled. They have two souls. They have a human soul and in, in that case, an Anunnaki soul. So I start checking, well, what? But I didn't know that. I said, there's something wrong with the guy. And I start asking, well, his chakras are backwards. I never, never thought that he's be possessed, right? And I start asking. And one of the questions I asked, does he have a lot of negative energy? And the answer was yes. And I thought, well, let me take away that negative energy and see if I can help him. And the pendulum spun for about 20 minutes. It spins on its own without stopping. 20 mm -hmm. minutes, taking away the negative energy. 
and his energy age was 34. And then I asked, well, what was the deal with this? And it come out, well, he was possessed. I still, I didn't, I hadn't asked if he was Anunnaki. Now, this get back to my most impressive experience in my whole life. And I have to, I have to include this. A little bit before then, uh, in in March of 2014, when the when the Malaysia airline jet disappeared, I was telling people I knew that they're alive and well and they're going to come back. There was a woman named Rebecca from the United States living in San Isidro del General, the, the city close to our farm. And I told her, I just saw her, I didn't know her real well, but I said I saw found her on the street and I said, Rebecca, the Malaysia Airline jet, the passengers alive and they're coming back. And she immediately tensed up and her face melted. I got this giant pressure on my head. That was the good guys telling me that I was in danger. Her face melted. She was transforming into something. Her clothes did not change, only her face. That was all I was seeing. I was about four feet in front of her, talking to her. She started transforming, and she got totally tense. She started transforming, and then she controlled it, and zap, she's human again. She's a shapeshifter, right? And she said, tell me more with this really ugly voice. It was her human voice, but it was really ugly. And I told her everything but the truth. Okay. Everything but the truth. What? I said, everything but the truth. Yeah. I told her the theories and that I would send her information. And I specifically sent her information. I had her email and I sent her information about some of the different theories, right? I I did not ever again mention that they're alive and coming back, right? And I I didn't want to see her again after that. I mean, this this was a shapeshifter and I personally saw it. Her face was melting. I couldn't tell into what it was like getting lumpy and blurry and changing into a darker color. For about half of a second, and then it came back on. Okay, the people who are controlled by the reptilians, the Anunnaki's—they're all in contact. They have a communication network. Okay, now uh, I'll include this a little bit. When I contact the reptilians, which they and they stop my pendulum sometimes. I contact the reptilians. My wife has visions. She can. She has a vision. Usually, they're metaphors. Okay, so I. One time the reptilian stopped my pendulum and I asked my wife, I'm contacted with somebody. What do you see? She does not like reptilians, right? She doesn't want anything to do with them. And she said, these are her exact words. And I'm contacted with who I know are the reptilians. And she said, I see very well-dressed people, most of them men, in tall, luxurious buildings. And they're communicating mentally among themselves about how to control the world. Those are the reptilians who are controlling us. And they're controlling the majority of the politicians. Okay. I'll give you an example of someone who I know is a reptilian right now. And the the energy age of the reptilians is 888, by the way, Hmm. that came out of the the ones who are left. Not the Anunnaki were 186, but most of the reptilians now I communicate with a person who appears to be a normal person and ask their energy age, and I don't get an indicator of their health. I get the dominating energy of the reptilian who's controlling them. Okay. Anyway, his, his energy age is 888. He's one. Of, he's controlled. Okay. 
lots of them are controlled. And, 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 and I learned, okay, because, but because this woman whose face transformed, I had, if you want, without knowing it, I had done, if you want to say an exorcism on this Giovanni whose energy is 186 and now was 34. So I contacted this Rebecca and her energy age was also 186. So I did a energy cleansing on her and then her energy age was whatever, 60 or whatever. Okay. So I, I remove and I can communicate with that reptilian soul after I do this and they're on the way to another dimension. So I, I, if you want to say I do exorcism, that is the main thing that I have done to, to fulfill my mission, which is to uh, save the universe from evil. I get this information, any kind of information. That's good. And, and then I can, I can get rid of the reptilian influence. Also, I can get rid of the demonic influence. Um, um, we'll probably run out of time. You've heard of Nostradamus, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. Nostradamus, uh, you've heard of Dolores Cannon, the hypnotist? Yes, I have. Okay. Dolores Cannon wrote three books of channeled messages from Nostradamus, him explaining his prophecies. And I have two of them. In his book, in his, I call them his books, uh, he has several messages about the Antichrist. And he was talking about the Antichrist, gives details of the Antichrist. And he says there's really three Antichrists, Napoleon, Hitler, and the coming Antichrist. So I contacted with the coming Antichrist and asked about him. Okay. And guess what his, and I check his energy age to test his health. Guess what the energy age of the coming Antichrist was? You want me to guess? Yes. <laughs> I'm lost. I can't. Okay. 186. Six, 666. Ah, okay. Okay. Now I had found the Anunnaki who were 186. Now I found the Antichrist, which is 666. So I asked, well, who's, who could, there's, a, there's these higher numbers. Who else could be? So this woman I had communicated by internet, um, she channels the Orion Council. I can't remember her name right now. Krista, Krista Reisa, I think it is. And, and I communicated with her. She said she had a friend who'd heard about this reptilian named Lord Marduk. So I said, well, let me contact Lord Marduk and see what his energy age is. And his energy age was 888. So I said, oh, these numbers are going up. Who else could I communicate? Who else could be there? So, okay, Satan. Let me contact Satan. I contact Satan. And Satan's energy age was, and still is, 2,323. So I thought, okay, now the bad angels are 2,323. A good friend here in Costa Rica died for a little while. And I'm checking him. He's in the hospital in ICU and died and came back. But he died. And for at least several minutes, his, I checked his energy age. I thought, well, if he's near death, you know, I can tell when he's dying. Uh, I didn't save his life. It was his decision. Uh, but he went right after he died. Instead of being 100.1, his energy age went to 2,323. And I said, he's no bad angel. He's a good angel. He's a really, he was a really nice guy. So I found out that they're all the good angels also, okay? And if I contact myself, I'm not going to show up for lack of time. If I contact myself, let's say 100 years ago, my energy age was also exactly 2,323. 
according to the pendulum, there are about 185,000 angels, positive angels incarnated on earth right now. And I'm one of them. And I know other people. I know one who is, I know one who is an archangel. And I, I just asked about her and it came out, the pendulum indicated she was an archangel. And, and I, I wrote to her, you know, the pendulum indicates you're an archangel. And she sent me a copy of a note when she started investigating with the pendulum. She asked what her essence was. And she wrote it down that my essence is archangelic. She wrote it down like three years, three years ago. But she said, I never told anybody because I didn't want to brag about it. And I didn't know if, if I should believe it. But here you are telling me I'm an archangel. So, well, and I wrote it down three years ago. My essence is archangelic. So it's really interesting. Um, so the Anunnaki are just one of these groups and their energy age is 186 instead right. of the 888 of which are most of the reptilians now. So basically we we're going to have to, uh, I'll have to end the show here. That doesn't no. mean we can't have another show. If you, if you're willing to come back and well, Jesse, thank you so much for being on timeless Voyager today. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I do look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for listening to Timeless Voyager series. You know, I really appreciate you watching and listening to the series on both video and audio players. You know, one thing you can do for me as the founder and creator of Timeless Voyager is to hit the like button. Also, if you can, please subscribe. It really helps to keep me on the air so that I can keep producing content like the program you just watched. Um, subscribing and liking are free. And some people don't know this, but there actually is no obligation when you do that. Um, it's a very small action on your part. And of course, it's greatly appreciated by me. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.